play it safe? Nah. You gotta fight for your right. We don't abide by your rules. Sometimes it's okay to get unruly. This is Over the Line on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Oh, buddy, do we got some things to take care of today in sense of a fan check and football is nearing and it feels oh so good. I Oh, and good news for uh, the Green Bay Packers. I just want to... It's like a Band-Aid, you got to rip it off, but we're going to rip it off a lot of segments today because it's a lot to talk about. I think Saturday for me, a great weekend, but Saturday for me was the white flag being waved for the Milwaukee Brewers. Saturday was one of the most abysmal, terrible displays of baseball I had ever seen by a team that was once... Uh, up there for I don't know about getting to the or winning a World Series, but making the playoffs and having a good you know push to do so. The Milwaukee Brewers looked dead and buried on Saturday as they are now five games behind. I know they won yesterday, but five games behind the Cardinals for first place in the NL Central and a game and a half behind the Phillies for that final wild card spot. It got so bad on Saturday, in fact, that one individual that I am looking at across the studio from me. Threw away his allegiances and now is an Atlanta Braves fan. Good morning, Rowdy. Yeah, good morning. <laughs> is, well, it true? is it true, Rowdy? Here, Are you a Braves the, fan? Here's the reasoning. Why the F should I root for the Milwaukee Brewers? And this is a uh, something we're going to talk about today. Why, besides it being your team, which is a big reason, should you continue to root yeah, for the Yeah, but is Milwaukee that a reason Brewers? your team? You well, could make any team your team. We know yeah, we know a lot of people in this area that are born in Wisconsin, raised in Wisconsin, and who do they like? The Cubs. Or insert team here, the Yankees. You know, the Red Sox. Hell, what, Z in the D in the Wisconsin Dells. He's a Red Sox fan. Uh, Rowdy, you posted a picture of you back in the day, uh, uh, some kind of roller coaster ride wearing an Atlanta Braves t-shirt. Yeah, that was circa 2008. <sighs> that was a good-looking good t-shirt, too, by the way. It was. Too bad it was a men's small, so that hasn't fit in years. <laughs> uh, I got to say this, Rowdy. Uh, <laughs> Actually, decade. <laughs> Plus. Uh, uh, I mean, you've lost some weight, though. You're down. You're slim and trim. There's no way I fit into a men's small. Yeah, it's like a little baby t-shirt. Large as only. <laughs> All right, so uh, I know the Brewers won yesterday, and... Was that Friday when we went about 20 minutes about bitching how Keston Hira needs to be in the in the roster more? I've been bitching more? about Keston Hira for five years. Friday, though, I'm, I'm yes. mentally exhausted from this team. But Friday, wasn't that like the whole 8, eight o'clock hour of like, why isn't Keston Hira in this lineup? You could pick any random day this summer when we bitch about something with the Brewers in their lineup. And I'm sure since 2019, you've heard me bitch about Keston Hira and not being in the lineup consistently. So Keston Hira hits two home runs yesterday. A big reason why the Brewers won. Uh, yeah, he'll probably, as Rowdy said, what'd you say off air before we, or before we got on here this morning? Probably about won't play today. <laughs> probably won't see him in Los Angeles playing against Craig the Dodgers Council tonight. still doesn't give real answers about why he hasn't been playing no. more. But Saturday, so Friday Friday was a tough loss for the Brewers there, winning that game and ended up losing to the Cubs. Uh, the, the wind was blowing out of the park. It was like a home run derby there at Wrigley. Okay, whatever. You're like, all right, it hurts. It's annoying, especially when you got to win these games. So now we have to make excuses why the Milwaukee Brewers blow a game in which it was a back-and-forth one. Oh, but the wind was blowing out. The wind was blowing out. It turned into a home run derby. I thought this Brewers team was supposed to hit home runs. I thought they relied on the home runs. Now you want to make up excuses because they lost a home run derby to the crappy Cubs? You're saying me or just in fantasy? Everyone. Anyone. Well, I'm just, both teams had the wind blowing out for them. Brewers just ended up losing 8-7. to And yes, they do rely on the home runs. That's how they won yesterday. I would say, though, it's Saturday's game is a microcosm of the season for me now as the Brewers, just a brutal loss. They lose six to five in 11 innings. The Brewers led three to two in the ninth, four to three in the 10th and five to four in the 11th inning. They ended up losing to the Chicago Cubs six to five. Again, they led three to two in the ninth. Devin Williams came on. Then they led four to three in the tenth. That didn't work out. Five to four in the eleventh, and then lost six to five. 
They had one, two, three chances to win that game on Saturday, Rowdy. I don't know what makes me more pissed off watching their the Milwaukee Brewers attempt to play the sport called baseball or watching Devin uh, Williams interviews. I've, I have that saved. We're going to play it later today. It, he is. What is with him? There, there's something wrong with him. This, the, ever since the. Uh, we'll get into this a little later because I have his interview. I'm going to play it from Saturday. It's it's mind numbing. It's I, like, all what's I have going to say on? is some of these baseball players, especially the ones that um, play for the Milwaukee Brewers, are lucky that baseball is guaranteed money. No kidding. Would you send them packing, Rowdy? You're done. I, I don't get why you'd keep them. We'll get to the Williams interview because it is ever since. I mean, we played the one when Josh Hader got traded and it felt like he was going to fight the reporters. And then it kind of felt like he was like going to go cry. Uh, this one from Saturday's loss, he just felt like he didn't give a give a crap. Like he just like said, don't care. I'm done with this team. We'll get to it a little later. Uh, Saturday for me, though, Rowdy, is when I've, I've lost faith in the Brewers. And I think you lost even more faith than I did. That's when you declared yourself an Atlanta Braves I don't man. regret any of the tweets I sent out well, either. I hope not. You didn't delete them. So. Didn't delete them. I stand by every single one. Stands, stands by his tweets. And by the way, the umpire, Jerry Lane, go take a freaking hike. That guy <laughs> effing sucks. He's horrible. Any pitch that was roughly close, flip a coin. He didn't know. Is he worse than Angel Hernandez? They're all in the same boat. Terrible. You Go either, take a hike. This is the easiest scale in umpiring. It's pass fail. You <laughs> failed. <laughs> and how about failing here? Uh, I'm going to play this. I'm going to get the... Uh, today's going to be a day of Rowdy screaming into the abyss, and I love it. Let me play this for you, Rowdy, and uh, then you can go off on a tangent. Take a listen. Payoff pitch. Pata. Shallow left. Yelich charging in. Makes the catch, drops the ball, and here comes half the tie of the game. That was the Brewers leading four to three. Two outs. He was bottom of the tenth. And Yelich on the transfer dropped the ball. Rowdy, I sent out a tweet after that, (laughs) and the tweet was obviously surrounding Christian Yelich and that play, but the tweet that I sent out. Christian Yelich is a dime a dozen defensively in the Wisconsin Home Talent League. <laughs> and you think it's funny? It is funny. But it's factual. It is funny. I You could go out to your local Home Talent uh, League and watch some games. You will find, I guarantee you, 80 plus percent of guys that can make that play and make that throw. And Ian Happ isn't going anywhere. Yeah. Those guys don't get paid. No, they don't. In fact, they have Those to, they guys have do to pay. it for fun. Yeah, they have to pay to like play like gas and equipment and et cetera. I know multiple people that played and <laughs> still play that have better arms than Christian Yelich. Do they catch the ball too? I know people that played and still play that have more range in the outfield than Christian Yelich. Can they catch the ball in the outfield too with that easy little catch? It's ridiculous. He's a glorified Logan Schaefer. Tell me he's not. <laughs> Tell me he's not. If you let Let's Logan Schaefer, here. a guy who is absolutely trash, who who the Brewers for the longest time, every se- a single September, would allow him to come up and play sporadically. If you told me that Logan Schaefer would get 600 at-bats, I could see you him going batting 250 or so and, and being terrible and average defensively. But guess what? They never gave a guy like that actual run because he stunk. Let's see. In his career, Logan Schaefer did have 625 at-bats with a batting average of 214, Rowdy. Career. He's terrible. And that's who Christian Yelich reminds you of. Yeah, Rowdy's comp, he said this morning, is Logan Schaefer. He's a glorified Logan Schaefer. He's no good. And then the thing <laughs> that pisses me off even more is the I fact think a that lot does. the fact that they have interviews with him and they do those little pressers and he sits there and goes, yeah, that was my bad. You know, at first I kind of liked it when he owned it. Now you just you can't just own it. You just suck. Don't don't even don't even do the pressers. No one wants to see your face. It's bad enough. We have to watch you play. <laughs> I don't even need to hear you say you stink anymore because we all effing know it. Yeah, he's retired. The best thing for the Brewers would be his ass retiring. 
How much could they have a buyout then of that contract? No, it's guaranteed. Baseball is guaranteed. Like if if you if you were to retire early and the Brewers, well, if he like, retires early, then the contract's null and void. Like, can they work out a buyout on that or something? But yeah, looking at what happened, Christian Yelich, there's two outs in the bottom of the tenth. The Brewers had one run. He he drops the ball. Ian Happ in the interview that he did for his presser afterwards, could him out. He he says, "Yeah, I don't know if I was going or not." Watch the damn replay. He wasn't going anywhere. Ian Happ trying to say, yeah, I wasn't sure if I was going to go or maybe try and draw a throw. He was staying put on the base until he realized dumbass dropped the baseball. Yep. I'm watching it here. Yelly, you know, he catches the ball. He takes a couple steps about to throw it in. Happ is just kind of standing there, then drops the ball and Happ just trots in. Anybody that's ever played baseball to the level of, of high school Easily can make that throw from where Yelich was at to home plate. Ian Happ wasn't running anywhere. The only reason he scored is because he's terrible in the outfield. And he <laughs> dropped the baseball. He doesn't drop the baseball. We're not talking about this. Christian Yelich, what a season it is. Um, what a past two seasons. Imagine having to watch this clown play for six, seven more years. That's Christian Yelich goes to work every day with a ski mask and a gun, <laughs> and that's how he gets paid. That's definitely what it's turned into as the Brewers now. I mean, are they done? This is it. I was thinking about this last night. Saturday, I think, is it done for me? I think they're done. I was thinking about this last night, and we talk about bad contracts, and obviously Ryan Braun being one of them. Ryan Braun is head and shoulders so much so much better than what Christian Yelich is. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan Braun was clutch when he go up there. Yeah, he's Ryan, a Cubs killer. Ryan Braun, when healthy... Was a great player. Yeah. Ryan Braun, when healthy, was a predo- predominant He's a Brewers all-star. legend. He's a legend. Christian Yelich, oh, everyone makes excuses now when he struggles. Oh, is the back flaring up? Oh, is the, is the you know, is is, is, is inserted, whatever. Exactly. Here. No, but we know with Ryan Braun that he always had, like, it was a groin. It was a hamstring. But when Ryan Braun was healthy... Ryan Braun played well. Yeah, because he's a legend. He's one of the best Brewers of all time. Christian Yelich is just and now we were a different complaining player. about his contract because it was a bad, bad contract I love Ryan Braun. down the stretch. He's Christian awesome. Yelich's contract is making Braun's look like peanuts, and he's healthy. I'd take Ryan Braun back right now over Christian Yelich. Like my, the only advice that I could give to Christian Yelich is retire. Take two weeks retire. off and quit. Just retire. It was very tough Saturday for me. It was the white flag of the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, right under the W that was flying at Wrigley. Then it was the Brewers and the white flag. They are this bad. The Brewers now went down to a 55% chance of making the playoffs and a 15% chance of winning the division. The, a five-game lead that the Cardinals seems insurmountable. There's no way. It's not happening. Oh, and they're lucky that it is just five because the Cardinals had a comeback yesterday and ended up uh, beating the Diamondbacks six to four when they were trailing four to three in like the seventh inning. And the Brewers, obviously, luckily, Keston Hira's bat came alive and not only tied it, but gave them the lead. The Cardinals easily could have been six after yesterday. The Cardinals are eight and two in their last 10. They're just juggernauts. Brewers four and six. This is the last full week of baseball without any college football on the docket. The Brewers did what we needed them to do, and that was get us to football season. As I mean, how many times have we seen this story before for the Brewers? I was, um, you know, it's the existential crisis of being a Brewers fan. Someone had messaged me and saying that, because I said a lot of you didn't live through the 90s and it shows, and someone had messaged me saying, the difference is the 90s sucked, and this year they have a team that could win the World Series. And I said to myself, what team are you watching? Because I must be watching a completely different team. Because last time I checked, you need to score runs and have you know some defense to win They're the World They're not Series. that far off, though. This is a team that, coming into the season, they were picked to win the oh, Central. I know. But then the they season started the, unfolding. This was a team that if, you, if they would have went and bought a bat or two at the deadline... How much different do you feel? I would feel so different. Exactly. This is the only team in the history, I swear to God, of baseball that sold at the deadline while in first place with a multiple uh, game lead. Because when the season started, you know, I was feeling the vibe. You had the pitching. You had all the arms to do it. You're like, all right, let's, you know, maybe the bats can't be as bad as they were. We got two different hitting coaches now. 
And then once the bats this, have been better, by the way. That, Statistically, yeah. this offense has been slightly better than last year. Not by so much it so, has right? been an upgrade, but you've had a ton of injuries to the pitching staff. And when you had holes offensively, you didn't do anything about them. Well, I don't think the, the pitching staff's not the problem, well, even despite injury, right, Rowdy? I mean, well, overall, it's been the offense. It's the been pitching the staff has still been pretty decent, but you can't you can't look away from the fact that four out of your top six no. relievers have spent time in the IL. I think you look the hitting at, actually has been slightly better, but it's been more even. It's been even more inconsistent. And I think you got to look at the front office too for screwing with this team. You look at the Christian, or I'm sorry, you look at the Josh Hader trade. That is when the team started spiraling down the drain. Before they traded Hader, weren't they four games up on the Cardinals? At one point, right before they traded Josh Hader, yes, they were up four games. And now they're down five. And it easily, they're lucky it's not six after this weekend. And they're now down five. Let's hear a couple comments. Imagine the fact that I saw Brewer fans on Twitter celebrating how the Brewers basically saved one game in Chicago <laughs> when they had an opportunity to sweep. Yeah. You had a lead in every single game. Yeah. Against a bottom feeder in the Chicago Cubs, where you look around baseball, there's probably only one division that is is on the surface worse than the NL Central, and that's probably the AL Central, and you can't beat the low-level teams in your division. We talked about down the stretch, yep, Cardinals have an easy schedule, but the Brewers have a ton of home games, and they have a ton of games against the Pirates, the Reds, and the Cubs. Guess what? In the last three series against the Pirates, the Reds, and the Cubs, they're 0-3 against the Pirates, 1-2 against the Reds, and 1-2 against the Cubs. And this You is are 2-7 against the bottom feeders in the last nine games. And you think that you're a legit team, a legit wild card contender? No. All right, a lot of news on the Brewers fandom check. We'll get back to that, though. Uh, reasons to cheer for the Milwaukee Brewers. Saturday, to me, was the nail in the coffin of the season. Now five games down to the St. Louis Cardinals. I know they won yesterday, but my God, they could have swept the Cubs. Instead, they avoided getting swept by the Cubs with a win yesterday. But reasons to cheer for the Brewers. 608 321 I get it. I'm a Wisconsinite, born and raised. They're my team, hometown team. Outside of that, give me some reasons. Rowdy is throwing his allegiances away. You're brave, Shannon, all right, Rowdy? You ask, come up with uh, reasons for why you should still be a Brewers fan, why you should still pay attention to this poverty franchise that, that just spits in your face. I don't have any. Listeners, we need you. 608-321-16. Zero. Reasons to cheer for the, uh, the Brewers. There is no reason. Game and a half behind the Phillies for the last wild card spot. Five games behind the Cardinals for the NL Central. A 50-50 shot of winning the division. And was it? No, a 50-50 shot of making the playoffs. 15% chance of winning the division. 2% chance of the World Series. Do you really believe that they have a 50% shot of making the playoffs? Well, I mean, that's what the The numbers say. The number can spit out whatever it wants. Do you really believe they have a 50% shot? No. No. Do you? Absolutely not. <laughs> I was, I was, tell, I told you on Friday, I finally found the prop online with one of the books that said Brewers not to make the playoffs plus 150. Took a picture of it, sent it to our guy, Rob Reichel, and go, everything on this bet. And he goes, wow, incredible. <laughs> All right, 12 months blown up. We'll get to the Packers uh, right after the phone calls. Line one, good morning. Who's this? Morning, it's uh, Corey from Mercury. Oh, my guy, Corey. What's up, brother? Not too much. So we got a little bit of navel gazing going on this morning, huh? <sighs> it's tough. Stuff out there, Corey. Stuff titties. It is sometimes. You know, it feels a bit like uh, I watched this team in the 90s when I was in high school and stuff. And that was when the Packers were really taken off from like a bar game and stuff. So he kind of like just kept the Brewers in the background. When I use that term, the interlude team, that's pretty much what it kind of comes from. They're an interlude between packages, right? Yeah. Something to do. You know, you watch them, you don't really expect much. It's funny, I was talking to my father this morning. He's on his way back from Colorado after doing a 100-mile bike biking Ugh. excursion out there, up and down the mountains. Yeah, way more than I would ever want to do. Hundred. He's like, Oof. yep, up the mountain passes, down the mountain passes, up the mountain passes, back down. Like, Oof. Lee. Yikes, yeah. that's tough. I'll take uh, my like car, it. thanks. 
That's right. But he likes it. That's why he's in shape at 65. So anyways, he's like, he's like, are you still in first place? I'm like, ugh, you really haven't been paying attention, have you? Yeah, he's been in the mountains, dude. Yeah, he's like five games back. He's like, ugh. He's like, what the hell? He's like, this guy's a freaking billionaire. Why does he pay some money? So it's kind of along the same lines that we're saying, you know? Yeah. And he's watched more Brewers games than I ever have. And so I kind of figured, well, he still wants to go see him play. I'm like, there's a bit of a sunk cost thing, too. I've been cheering for him for a long time, so I really don't have the patience, time, or energy to go try to figure out another team. <laughs> and yeah. I'm 45. I've, I've, I'm been like, committed to, I've been point. committed to this so long that I just don't have yeah. time for another team. Yeah. And the only other team I've ever cheered for that was outside of the state of Wisconsin would be the Detroit Red Wings. That's like my hockey team yeah. that I look after. And then back when I was younger, I was a Bulls fan when the Michael oh, Jordan, Jordan era, of course. when the Bucks stunk. And then yeah. I had a brief time period there when I actually liked Michigan Wolverines. But I got right with God and said, what am I doing here? Started cheering for the Badgers. So, and then God's you know, been punishing you ever since. Exactly. So that's what it kind of boils down to, right? <laughs> So, same thing with the Brewers. You know, it's like they got to take on a roller coaster ride here. I will say this, though. We know how this roller coaster ride ends, though. I mean, it's fun at times, it's frightening at times, it's sad at times, but at the end of the day, you get off the ride feeling unfulfilled. And it comes to a severe stop at the end. You're like, I waited in line for that long just to have a subpar roller coaster ride at the end, and I'm feeling disappointed. I will say this, though, and I'm usually not the ray of sunshine i'm usually the cynical gen x guy yeah they are there is over 40 games left right baseball is a really weird game and you know as hot as the cardinals are right now they can hit a cold spot too they could go through a time period where they play like trash do you believe, the brewers, will, do you believe the brewers will get hot it's possible yeah you know well wait till i play you this clip why do i play this interview from devin williams after they blew it on saturday like i always say so you think of the probabilities you know, Rowdy, you're a gambler, so you think about probabilities of how well they're going to do, right? Now, is it highly probable? By the way, Rowdy faded really the awesome? Brewers today. And that's fair enough. You know what the funny thing is? Watch them go out there and win two out of three from the Dodgers, and then we're back on the pain train. They do like to dangle the that coaster. carrot. They do like to dangle they, the carrot. I just that's I've, go ahead, Rowdy. When you Vent. when you sit there and you Vent. go, you got it. You got to cheer for the team. You got to you got to ride it out. You got to do this. Higher. You got to you got to do that. <laughs> How on earth can Corey, you watch Friday and Saturday and 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 the guy that's making the most money on the team can't casually catch a shallow fly ball that's and throw it in terrible. without effing something up? How can you sit there and go? It's acceptable. I'm not saying it's acceptable at all. Yeah, no, it's accepting. Half the time I don't watch it because it's like it just gets me cranky because I'm like, I know how this is going to go. They're going to go down there and screw this up somehow. And Saturday after I saw the actual video of it, because we were out of town, I'm like, how do you drop that fly ball? Like you said, that's something that one of the guys in my fantasy football league, he was doing hometown talent yesterday. I bet he can make that play. Oh, no, I tweeted it out on Saturday, Corey. You know? Christian Yelich oh, yeah. defensively is a dime a dozen in the Wisconsin Home Talent League. You have a exactly. number of guys that have more range than him or that could still make that throw. Yet we still have to cheer for him. You got and you don't the, have to the cheer thing for that him. Pisses me off the most is I thought it was good right away when he finally said, "Yeah, I stink." Like a couple of years, like last year. But no, no, this has gone too far. Yeah, we know you stink. Let's go you haven't far. corrected it. If this was yeah. the NFL, cut him, cut him. But you can't because it's all guaranteed money. He's still in the he's still in the navel gazing stage. He needs to figure out. Okay, I'm not playing up to the par of my con- my contract. Yelich lost his mojo. That that broken kneecap, something that it was like Samson getting his hair cut, you know. <laughs> That's what it feels like because, like, that was the inflection point of him going down the going down the. It's tube. like finding Achilles in his heel. We found it. It was Christian Yelich's kneecap. I mean, for God's sake, Albert Pujols has more homers than he does during <sighs> yeah. the dudes like my age. Yeah. Right. Well, Corey, I'm gonna play a, yeah. I'm gonna play two things coming up here. Okay, bud. I will let you guys get going. And Have they won't make you feel any better. Violent. Yeah. Well, hey, That's good news. Okay. David Bakhtiari back at practice. We'll talk about that upcoming too, okay? That's good. All, All right. right. There Talk you go. Later. A little on a positive note. And back to the negative. All right. Rowdy, here's the aforementioned. Saturday to me was the end of the Milwaukee Brewers this season. It was just 
Was, they're done. I mean, the the Brewers again. They lost six to five in the bottom of the ninth. They were leading three to two. Then in the bottom of the tenth, they were leading four to three. Then in the bottom, or I'm sorry, top three to two, top four to three, and then five to four in the eleventh. They lost six to five. Here's uh, this is when the Brewers could have won. Instead, Christian Yelich screws it up. Pops up, shallow left. Yelich charging in, makes the catch, drops the ball. was not tagging. He wasn't. He was bluffing. And Yelich on the transfer dropped the ball. Wow. They even interviewed Ian Happ afterwards, and he's like, well, I wasn't really sure if I was tagging or if I was just going to try and draw a throw. He was standing on third base and didn't decide to do anything until Bozo dropped the ball. <laughs> well, here's Christian Yelich on the drop. Take a listen. That makes the catch difficult. I mean, the catch wasn't even hard. Um, just went in there for the ball, and this... I guess he either missed it in there, grabbed it funny, and um, just fell out of my hand. What do you think? Do you think he was gone in hindsight? I don't know. I didn't even look. Um, you know, it's one of those where you just don't want to be, you don't want to catch it and then be surprised that he's going. Because um, then it's a way tougher play than if you just catch it and get the ball towards the plate. Um, just, that's just the play right there. Um, yes, yeah, just a tough one. I don't really have an explanation for what happened otherwise other than it can't happen and that's uh that one's on me pretty i have so many questions i have more (laughs) questions after hearing bozo talk one it's a huge play of the game cost of the game it's it's a shallow it's a shallow pop-up so one he shouldn't be running but for two for him to say i don't know if he was tagging or not what were you looking at (laughs) How do you not know? That's the game-tying run. How do you not know if he's not tagging or not? And if you are, what are you looking at? What are you doing? What are you doing? What is your major malfunction? I was waiting for that one. That was a good one. Well, Rowdy, how about this? How about more malfunction? It wasn't just Tristan Yelich. So Devin Williams comes on. to Brewers are leading 3-2. to two. It's bottom of the night. Devin Williams comes on to close things out. He obviously did not because the Brewers went on to lose that game. Now, remember the interview that Devin Williams had after he punched the wall and he had like sat down with David Stearns and met with the media and he seemed very sheepish and shy and, you know, a guy that had to take his lumps for, you know, punching a wall before the playoffs. And we're like, oh, it's the first time I really, really heard him talk much. And he seemed like he was embarrassed and, you know, didn't really want to be there, but had to take his lumps. Remember that interview, Rowdy? Like, oh, oh, yeah. Very soft-spoken guy. And then we heard a real, another interview from him after the Josh Hader trade where it looked like he wanted to it fight. It was bizarre. The, he wanted to, like, fight the reporters or cry, or but then was, like, cocking off and, like, didn't want to, like, say anything. It was very weird. Now, he came on to close things out on Saturday. Try to. Emphasis on try. Didn't work. And then he met with the reporters afterwards, and it's just another weird, bizarre interview. It's like he just doesn't care, doesn't want to be at the team. Something's off. I mean, they made me throw a lot of pitches, you know. They uh, battled me pretty tough. I mean, same thing in the magical at bat. Uh, it's really no easy outs today. You know, they made me work for it. There's less swing and miss. You credit them for just getting a piece. I mean, sure. Um, it's kind of spraying my fastball a little bit, which, you know, kind of boxes me in into throwing changeups, and they were fouling it off. I gave it one hit, and it was 65 miles an hour, so, yeah, it is what it is. Did you think Colton might reach that, or is it no, no idea? Um, I mean, I thought he might have a chance on it, but, you know, he was he was shifted over, so it was out of his reach. Contact is kind of, you know, mag- magical's game. Is, is, that, is that a tough at-bat in that spot? Or yeah, I mean, he, he fought off some good pitches, so, you know, good for him. Um, and he put a decent swing on the fastball and was able to get it over the infield. Devin, the, the man on second late sets up some games like this where there's these weird back and forth. How hard is it to absorb one like this? Uh, I mean, realistically, it's only one game. Uh, we got a lot of games left to play, so you know, a lot of a lot of chances to 
you know, win, get some wins on the board. It's one game, Rowdy. I, I'm sick of hearing the it's the one game thing. How many times? It's only the one game. It's only one game. Yeah, well, it's only one game against the Cubs this weekend, and it was only one game last week when you when you mismanaged. You know, say your bullpen, and it was only the game before. It was it one game? Didn't the Brewers miss the playoffs how by many, one game before? Didn't the Brewers have to go to one sixty three before? How many one of these games has it added up to this year? Uh, and the here, more I hear Devin Williams talk and just the look on his face when he gives interviews, the more I think he's just a douchebag. <laughs> Straight up. Uh, for uh, these one games already, they have now fifty six losses. So all these one games keep piling up to a tune of it's now. It's just 56. one game. It's just one game. You should have swept the. You easily could have swept the Cubs. You led in the fi- you Friday and Saturday. You got swept by the Cubs. Well, is Nick Madrigal just taking a a great at bat? Was he just a problem? Nick Madrigal has been practically a journeyman his entire <laughs> career. This isn't like all of a sudden Mike Trout just beat you or Bryce Harper just beat you. You got beat by a journeyman. Yeah, and credit to him, says Devin Williams. I only gave up one hit. That's what he said. I only gave up one hit. It was 65 mile per hour. I only gave up one hit. Good for him. And that is true. That is true. It only was one hit. But why were there so many more other guys on base? Maybe because you were walking guys. (laughs) I don't know. They only gave up one hit, though. Uh, by the way, speaking of uh, closers, Josh Evil, Hader. Imagine if, imagine if someone like an average hit. Joe got to go pitch for the Brewers. Well, he gave up one hit. And say he walked like, I don't know, three, four, five guys in a row. And then one guy hit a grand slam. I only gave him one hit. Well, I only gave up one hit. I only gave him one hit. I know I walked in two runs and gave up a grand slam. I only gave him one hit, though. I only gave him one hit. Just one. Like, just the more one. you watch this franchise, the more you hear comments from the owner, the front office, the manager, the players, the more you just say, it's a collection of losers. I only gave up one hit, though. Come on. Uh, speaking of that, Mark Adonazio is now going to be the head of football operations, football director. And when I say football, I mean overseas. Yeah, soccer. For Norwich City FC. He got a stake in the team, and now they're uh, giving him the football, as in soccer, the director of it. So you follow soccer more than I do. Clearly. Rest in peace to the hopes and dreams of Norwich City yeah. FC fans. Is Norwich City any good? No. Because yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't so, know. So what you're telling me is that in the next probably decade, they'll probably become competitive and then <laughs> they'll feel great with where they're at because they'll have quite a few ticket <laughs> sales and, and food and beverages and then they'll just never get any better. So Norwich City is a step below the English Premier League because you can get relegated, you know, so you go you go, you'd go down in leagues. But they could potentially go up to the EPL? Correct. If you have, you can get relegated down and you can also move up if you're finishing the top, is it four? So Norwich City is eighth right now in, in, their, in the Championship League is what it's called. Like, a step below the English Premier League. So we joked about how Herb Cole and the Milwaukee Bucks didn't know anything but a seven and eight seed for yeah. the longest time. Yeah. They thought that that was like, hey, we made yeah, the postseason. Sell tickets, sell some gear. The Milwaukee Brewers, when they went into their quote unquote rebuild, where they started trading people in you know 2016, 2017, and then all of a sudden when they traded for Christian Yelich, they signed Lorenzo Cain, and they had a couple of their uh, you know Jolice Chassin type free agents actually play extremely well in 2018. Yes, and they were back onto the scene like super quick, right? Yep. There was only that 2017 year where you were competitive, but you knew it really wasn't a playoff team. Mm-hmm. That turnaround. It was really no rebuild. It was just like one year off and they were back, right? Yeah. At what point, as we see that they sold Josh Hader, we've seen that they were a, they were a seller at the deadline, even though they were in first place. At what point do you say, let's just completely rebuild and strip everything down? You already showed that you don't want to spend money. At what point are we just going to strip it all down, completely rebuild? Because that's the only way to do it. You can't just be, especially as a small market baseball team, you can't just be a team that's in to win 80 games every single year or you never get better. You're just continuing to tread water. You got to strip it. Look at look at that Astros team. What are they going to trade? Woodruff? They hit stuff? on trade some Burns? of their trade, trade, uh, draft picks. They, they made some good signings. And that team was really, really bad for like five years. They were one of the worst teams in baseball. But mm-hmm. then look at the last five years. They've been one of the better teams in baseball. At what point? Well, then the Brewers got to invest in some trash cans and start banging on them. At what point are you going to start truly selling? 
because clearly this window's coming to an end. If you ride it out at the very longest without re-signing any of the guys and letting their contracts expire, not getting anything back for them, it's 2024. Pretty much it's 2023 because you're going to want to get something back for those guys. You're running out of the end of your quote-unquote window, and yet you're still selling. Yeah, Brewer sold, but yeah, Brewer sold at the trade deadline. At what point are you just going to say screw it? We didn't do it. Completely rebuild. I I would have been one hundred. Now I would have been upset, but I would be. <laughs> of course, you would have. I would be happier about it if they were going to say, you know what, we're actually going to trade everybody and completely rebuild than being in first place and selling. Just tear it all down. Just tear it all. Just tear down. it all down. Hmm. And oh, by the way, I did see some people uh, tweeting at some of the beat writers saying, when are you guys going to actually ask them tough questions? And I believe the response was, yeah, hold on. Let me smack Craig Council up and down, you know, (laughs) and it's like, dude, no one's asking you to do that. Just follow up with some legit questions. Not like, hey, Craig. How did you like your birthday today, Craig? Oh, yeah, it was his birthday what, yesterday. What does it feel like to be 52 years old, Craig? Uh, what's it like being the kid from Milwaukee, Craig? Craig's birthday yesterday, and I'll, you know who else's birthday was yesterday, Rowdy? Sister Jeans, 103 years old. She's as old as the Green Bay Packers now. Did you wish her happy birthday? Nope. Craig? Nope. Hmm. Uh, let's see here. The King says his son's birthday is today. Well, happy birthday, uh, little prince. Bad things do come in threes. Uh, let's see. <laughs> uh, Randall Cobb's birthday today, too. Happy birthday, Randy Cobb. Oh, oh no, I just threw that three thing out of the question. Well, that's, that's the, he's the fourth. We'll just let us rejoice. Well, should we, though? I don't know if I'm going to get my hopes up too high, but it is good news. The one and the only, the all-pro left tackle for the Green Bay Packers, David Bakhtiari, back. Here's Matt LaFleur. Take a listen. I said, here's Matt LaFleur. Take a listen. Well... I would love to play it for you, Rowdy, but this computer sucks. He said he's back. It's individual work. He's not participating in team stuff yet. And essentially, there's no time frame set on his return for a game. Now, we were talking about this off air, and we both kind of said the same thing and agreed. I'm kind of just waiting for Bakhtiari to start talking about how his knee is not feeling good and there's fluid and, and some bad stuff is happening. I almost go into this season thinking like... Bakhtiari is not playing at all. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not going to get my hopes up. It is some, it is good. I'm not going to get my hopes up too high because I did that last year. I think he'd be back ready for the playoffs. Are they getting that Lions game where he hurt himself again? So temper expectations, I would say. But it is a good sign that he's at least back. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> like that, that's It's sad, but it's kind of come to that, right? It's been forever since the guy has played. It's like been he, a long time. He had... He tore his knee up December 31st, 2020, did not play until that first half against the Detroit Lions, which is the last game of the regular season in 2021. And then now we have not seen him since. 27 snaps? Yeah, we had not seen him since in the playoffs, and we haven't even really seen him practicing at all, and now he's finally cleared. But at the same time, we have guys that tore their knees up, like Elton Jenkins or Bob Tunyon or Kylan Hill, practicing and coming off the pup list well before David Bakhtiari and they tore their knees in late October to mid November. Yep. Almost a whole year later. Let me try this again here. I'll use a different program. See if this computer still sucks. Matt LaFleur on David Bakhtiari. You know, Ebo, it is from my experience. I've been been doing this for a while, Ebo, that if you put it in Adobe, it works better. (laughs) That's funny. That's an inside joke from where that's coming. But anyways. Okay, Rowdy. Third time's a charm. I'll put it in Adobe and see what happens. I played it off here, and it's coming from the the tower. Like the speaker that's... It's unbelievable. Uh, Yes, David Bakhtiari, though. Back, but a guy that once said he was living his nightmare. Not too long ago, by the way. No. I quote, I'm living my nightmare, and I hope to wake up someday. His words, not mine. Is back, so I don't know if you get what's it. Oh, so we haven't really talked about the the Packers in the preseason game that was on Friday. Dobby I, doesn't work either, Rowdy. I actually think that the offensive line looked pretty solid. I I feel like 
Because remember two weeks ago, before any preseason games, they were very worried about what that offensive line was looking like. It was not looking great in practice. And they're shuffling a lot of young guys that are inexperienced around to different positions. And they're not having a ton of success. I thought game one, they looked all right. Weren't like they were world beaters by any means, but they were playing against San Francisco, which we know is always has a good defense, always has a good front seven. I thought they played all right. I thought they looked better even in game two. Not that they look like the, you know, everyone's an all pro out there, but I thought they looked solid and serviceable, especially it's a, another game. You're missing Bakhtiari, which again, going into this season, I'm not anticipating on having David Bakhtiari at all. But you got Elton Jenkins back in the last week or so. It's a, a team that looked like it took another step. Uh-huh. They were playing the Saints, which, again, the Saints had a pretty decent defense and normally have a pretty solid front seven. Now, I know it's not always the ones versus ones out there. But, again, I thought it was a positive step that the offensive line looked pretty good. And now you even get some news that. David Bakhtiari is back. If anything, it's only going to continue to get better. I don't see yeah, this offensive line get getting better. any worse. Things do. Things aren't all negative all the time in, in the world, Rowdy. But, yes, David Bakhtiari back. Elton Jenkins, you know, around the corner. So he returned to practice a week ago after tearing his ACL in November. So, cool. P- preseason game number three coming, the last one, on Thursday night against the Chiefs. But we'll talk more about, you know, coming up. Romeo Dobbs impressing. Well, Jordan Love, Matt LaFleur was like salivating over him. David Bakhtiari off the pup. Matt LaFleur saying just individual practice. Temper your expectations, though, but it is a good sign. David Bakhtiari tore his ACL on his left knee um, almost 600 days ago. Did you see some of the comments coming out about uh, Jordan Love after game two? Because I was a little taken aback by... The the fact that I'm still this isn't seeing, about David Bakhtiari. No, I'm still seeing people criticizing Jordan Love and saying, "Ah, he still sucks. He's no good." Look, I'm like, he pretty decent. Every time he's played this preseason, now it's two games, but I've thought he's looked pretty good in both of them. And I would say I thought he looked better in Game Two than he did in Game One. Yeah, uh, he's Matt Lafleur said, and I quote: "I think he's light years ahead of where he was a year ago." Like, let's not get it twisted. I don't anticipate Jordan Love to all of a sudden take over for Aaron Rodgers next year and be a top five quarterback in the NFL and a big time all pro and everything. But he's looking like he's starting to play the part where he could be a starting NFL quarterback. And not only that, but a top half starting NFL quarterback. What did Rob Reichel say on Thursday? Robbie said, I think he could start for eight teams. Yeah, he said he thought that he could start for eight teams in the NFL Right now, I don't know if I would say eight, but I'm definitely probably close to saying five. So what's like, what do you do with the Jordan Love then? You keep stashing him? Like eventually that's what it's going to be. I mean, technically this is year three for Jordan Love. If you pick up his fifth year option, because he is a first round pick, you could have him for two more seasons after this year. But like Robbie also said, Jordan Love's camp, if he continues to play well, they're not going to want to wait much longer. They're going to want to be traded. They're going to yeah. want to play. They want to make like, money. I'm going to sit behind Aaron Rodgers the rest of my life? No. I mean, what's Rodgers' shelf life? Three years tops? And that's where it, it's going to be a hard decision for the Green Bay Packers front office because Jordan Love is their guy, but Aaron Rodgers is a four-time MVP, two-time <laughs> reigning like MVP. He's, in, he's in still playing right now, at that you high level, still one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So what do you do? Well, right now you just wait for it to play out, but... Yeah. I just don't get some of the people. I feel like at this point, if you're still saying that Jordan Love sucks and there's no hope with Jordan Love and there's no future with Jordan Love, get, get you, your vision tested. one, haven't been watching, or two, you just hate Jordan Love. Yeah, or you're blind. He clearly has. Got, he watching. clearly got better from year from year one to year two, right? Yep. Like he went from not suiting up, not being able to hit some of the... Uh, <laughs> The nets that we randomly saw in those, you know, lockdown COVID practices to suiting up, playing, showing a little bit of promise in these short preseason games that he did. But it was such a small little window of playing time and that you actually got to see when he was healthy. But you're like, okay, he looks better than what he did year one. Now, year three versus year two. He looks even better. Dude. The decision making is better. The balls are looking. He found better. Dobbs for a nice little touchdown. He was hitting guys on the sidelines. Winfrey got one. Dobbs got one. It was a little toe tappers. Love was looking good. He's for his clearly gotten better throws. year one to year two, and he's gotten even 
that much better from year two to year three. Yeah. And if you say anything but that, you're a Jordan Love hater or you don't watch. Yeah. Jordan Love looking better and better. Matt LaFleur saying he's light years ahead of where he was last year. LaFleur also carrying his water saying those first uh, three interceptions in the preseason game number one weren't his fault. And two of them weren't. And Aaron Rodgers also backed that up. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers all over it. Everyone loving the love. Get on the love train. Rowdy, Rob Reichel said eight teams could have him start. Yeah, last week Rob Reichel came on these airwaves and said he bets Jordan Love could start for at least eight teams right now in the NFL. And that was even before Friday's preseason game where he looked even better than he did the the first week. And off the top of my head, I go, man, eight, that seems like a little bit of a stretch, but I would probably go with at least four or five. And just going right through it, I mean, look at the AFC East. He's not playing in Buffalo. They're not going to play him over Tua. They're not going to play him over Mac Jones. But you look at the Jets. That's oh, one. Th- Zach, I mean, Zach Wilson. Zach hurt. Wilson has gotten hurt, and he was struggling before that. Behind him is Joe Flacco, and is it Mitch or Matt White? I don't even know his full Doesn't name. Doesn't matter. But yeah, I think you're definitely playing him in New York. That's one team. You look at the AFC North. If you're going to count Deshaun Watson being out the entire season, I think you're going to want him over Jacoby Brissett. Oh. That's that's two. Well, isn't Josh Rosen there? I think he's third string on the Browns. Uh, that that experiment's over. His career's been wasted. <laughs> um, P- Pittsburgh, you have Mitch Trubisky and or Kenny Pickett. I think right isn't, now, isn't Love younger than Pickett too? Yeah, yeah, I think right now, if you were deciding to go with one, you're going to go with Love. That's three teams. Yep. You you look at the Houston Texans. We don't even have to talk about their situation. That's four. Who even is their quarterback? Uh, it's Davis Mills. Oh god, rookie last year out of uh, Stanford. Good luck. So that's four teams right there. Then I would take Jordan Love in a heartbeat over Daniel Jones. Oh yeah, Danny Jones is terrible. He that's, stinks. That's five. And then you look at uh, Marcus Mariota. That's easily six. Yeah, or Geno Smith. Terrible. That's seven. That's so Robbie said eight. I have at least seven. You going with the Wentz wagon with the commanders? Yes. Mm, let's see. I here. think Tua Tua could be a real conversation. What about Niners? Trey Lance or Jordan Love? That's a toss up. Yeah. I mean, we haven't seen much, but yeah, that could be one where but always remember they have Jimmy G in their back pocket. Oh yeah, he's not traded yet. So if Trey Lance sucks. Well the Lions. Jimmy G would be, I mean, consistently right Jared now, Goff? if I had a, if I had a Packers roster with a, this good of a team, Jared, we've seen Jared Goff with a good defense and run game, be able to go to a super bowl. Yeah. Like, but yeah, I think there's some like the Trey Lance of the world where if they got rid of Jimmy G 50, 50, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you took Jordan love or like Tua. I wouldn't be surprised if you take Jordan love all of a sudden, if you ended up deciding to take Jordan love in those toss ups, you might get to about 10 teams that he would be starting for. Do you think the but, Packers eventually trade Jordan love or are they just going to hang on to him and say, Hey Rogers, what are you going to do? I think from a, from a green Bay Packers standpoint and a, personal standpoint you hold on to Jordan Love and hope he continues to show well in the preseason and see where it goes with him and Aaron Rodgers because just in general if Aaron Rodgers plays out the contract that it looks like he signed up for it's two or three years you have Jordan Love for two or three years if you pick up that fifth year option now Jordan Love might pull a Josh Hader and say boo hoo I want to be traded or boo hoo I want my money but Unfortunately, the CBA does not play that way. You have you, the Packers can pick up that fifth option, pay him pennies on the dollar, and he still has to be a Green Bay Packer if they don't want to move him. Yeah, it's just unfortunate for him. He's in a situation behind one of the best quarterbacks to do it, and one of the best in the league, and he's at the mercy of the Green Bay Packers. Now, three years from now, he'll be a free agent. You think Ryan Gutekunst though has got? You know, Jordan loves back. Like, that's Brian Gutekunst's pick. Like, that was his signature little snag that he had. Like, I'm going to take him. This is my guy. Do you think Brian Gutekunst has the has his ego can allow it? And I don't think he's got a big ego, but can allow him to move on from a Jordan love if push came to shove? Or is it like, no, I'm going to see this out. He's going to be our starting quarterback. I have I never. There's a weird wrinkle in there. I have never been a general manager, uh, clearly, outside of fantasy. <laughs> I'm a manager. I manage a baseball team. 
Oh, like Little League? No, no fantasy. fantasy. <laughs> Stepbrothers. But it's a drop we have. But I do I do kind of get the sense of where when you have these guys that are general managers and you have a little bit of an ego and it's your guy, you made the pick, you're going to be right. Yeah, that's his guy. He traded up to get him. If there's ever a player that I've ever felt like that where it's my guy, I liked him from the start, he needs more playing time, my you guy. need to consistently my play guy. him, his name's Keston Hira. Kestaddy. I've been, I've been on go, this Kestaddy. wagon since 2017. So I get to a point, but I also think at times where – you know, if you give this guy more and more run and it's just not cutting it and he's a top prospect and he's getting older and it's still not working, you just got to cut. You got to cut bait. But I, I think with Jordan Love, I think you ride this out. You see what happens with Aaron Rodgers. We all know that careers in the NFL are one play away from being over. Yeah. I, I think you ride this out. And I I like where Jordan Love was is projecting to. I mean, the the fans are seeing it. Clearly, the beat writers are seeing it. Clearly, the coaches are seeing it. Remember when we did the 2020 draft and I thought that uh, Jordan Love had the second highest ceiling out of all of them? I took I took a lot of crap and a lot of hit for that, Yeah, like especially yeah. since then. But you didn't say trade up to get him. No, I didn't. I didn't think the Packers were going to take a quarterback. Didn't want them to draft Jordan Love. Didn't want them to draft the quarterback at all. But when we were grading him out, I told you, I think Jordan Love's got the second highest ceiling out of all the quarterbacks there. And that was the Joe Burrow draft. That was the Tua draft. That was the, the uh, Herbert draft. That take looked terrible in 2020. That take looked terrible in 2021. That take right now still doesn't look very good, but it's starting to look a little bit better. And if you, and, and that was my take, Jordan Love wasn't even a guy that I want to draft. Brian Gutekunst and, and Matt LaFleur were the guys that loved him that drafted him. Oh, yeah. They have even more invested. Yeah. And they, I mean, they upset the apple cart for a while. Now, I mean, it didn't work out in winning a Super Bowl, but pissed Rodgers off enough to be at N2 MVP levels. So, And now that you're starting to see that it's starting to turn up that you might be right, you're starting to see what you saw when you drafted the kid or what you had envisioned when you were scouting him. I don't... At this point, I think it's a see and wait, like wait and see. Yeah, wait and see on like and well, he I mean, don't know what Rodgers going to do. He's he's getting a lot better. He's as Matt LaFleur said, he's light years ahead of where and, he was last year. And Aaron Rodgers signing off. You on have too. all the leverage and hold the cards. He can't do anything, whether he wants to cry or whether he wants it to be traded. You hold his contract mm. for this season. And potentially two more. And I don't think we've ever heard his camp say anything besides, like, I love being a Packer. Yeah, but you would have to imagine that as he gets older yeah, like, and I playing start. longer, he's yeah. going to want to start, especially if he's playing really well. Especially, like, dude, you traded up in the draft to get me in the first round, and I'm still not playing. Like, what's going on here? Like, I'm talented. Or if you have, like, some backdoor deal behind the you know behind the scenes where Aaron Rodgers goes, yeah, dude, I'm only playing two, three more years, and, and they sit out, there and go out. to Jordan Love's camp. They sit there and wait it out. Rodgers is done in two years. Yeah. But then again, I mean, time's so finite. Especially in the NFL. I don't know. I, I think it's a wait and see. You like what you're seeing from Jordan Love, but you're not actively looking to shop him anymore. Yeah. And he's been looking good. I mean, I know he threw three interceptions game one, one his fault really. Uh, game number two had a nice little touchdown to Romeo Dobbs, was hitting some nice, you know, tiptoe passes on the sideline. Jordan Love looking pretty decent. Our initially planned uh, Rowdy's vacation day is coming up tomorrow and Wednesday. He was going to take those days off because the Brewers are playing against the Dodgers. 9-10 first pitch both nights. So Rowdy, you know, wanted to work his vacation around the Milwaukee Brewers late game so he could catch him. Rowdy's no longer a Brewers fan, though. No, a Braves fan. He swore off his allegiances, but he's still taking his vacation days. And rightfully so. Will you be watching the Brewers, though, Rowdy? No, and I did not watch one second of the Brewers game on Sunday. Keston here a homer twice. I did tune in on Friday. I did tune in on Saturday, and I've seen all I needed to see. And I am just officially mentally exhausted, mentally fatigued with the Milwaukee Brewers, with their owner, with their front office, with their manager, and with their players. You're done. All of it. Done. I'm I'm tired of it. And I want to say, I kind of want to mention why. Like, how have I gotten to this point? Let's let's hear it. Ebo, would you say that out of pretty much everyone you know, I'm one of the biggest Brewer fans that you've ever met. 
well, follow the Brewers cl- closer than pretty much everyone you know? I, I would say yes, but you've given up your allegiances. Like, you're done. But yes. Pre-Saturday. If I were to say, like, you've seen the movie Rain Man or maybe Russell Crowe with a beautiful mind, I'd say you go Rain Man on the Milwaukee Brewers or you're a beautiful mind like Russell Crowe on the Milwaukee Brewers. If you go back it's borderline to, autistic sometimes. to 2017 and you think about where the Brewers came from, in 2016, 2017, they started making those trades, kind of unloading house with the Gomez's of the world, the Mike Fires, kind of some of the uh, some of the players that had any type of potential they were starting to get rid of because they were going through that rebuild. Yeah, They brought on guys like the Travis Shaws of the world in 2017 that showed at moments that maybe he could be a full-time player and gave him an opportunity. They had the Orlando Arcias of the world that was a top 100 prospect that had a lot of potential, and they threw this at the time seen as a ragtag team out there in 2017. Yes. They ended up being pretty competitive, having a decent season, narrowly missing the playoffs. Just missing. They drafted that summer a guy named Keston Hira. Kestaddy, baby. Who I absolutely loved and thought it was a great pick as a flyer. Jury's in. Keston can hit. Then you turn the page to 2018 before the season starts. They acquired Christian Yelich that I was very high on. Thought, oh, yeah. thought that you're one of the first guys to have his jersey at the time with what he was doing towards the end of end of his time in Miami, and then coming into Miller Park at the time as a left-handed hitter that was continuing to mature. Thought that he could go from a borderline All Star to a perennial All Star. Yeah. Then they signed Lorenzo Cain, a guy that I absolutely loved when he was a young brewer, when he was up in, in September's for the call-ups and thought he was going to be a great player only to be traded. Yep. All, I remember all, all this. Remember in yeah, 2018 I remember. when I said, give Jolice Chassi the benefit of the doubt, little, give Wayne Miley the benefit of the doubt, I those do. guys are going to be actually be decent for the Brewers. I do. Because everyone was everyone throwing them was, in the trash. Yep, falling off the cliff over. He said, hang on. In twenty, ever since twenty eighteen, I love Corbin Burns. When everyone threw him in the trash in twenty nineteen, I said, "Don't, don't do that." So soon, this guy's got a ton of talent. I remember, like I've been through all of their stuff, and then at the same time, that window opened for the Milwaukee Brewers in twenty eighteen, where all of a sudden they made some of those moves, some of those guys started to pan out, and next thing you know, you're in Game Seven, the NLCS against the Dodgers. I think the window opened before David Stearns and the Brewers really thought it would, but all of a sudden here we are. Mm-hmm. The 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 window's open. But now when you look at it contractually, roster wise, that window ends in twenty twenty four. And Yeah, with all your big guns. And that's if you let all of those players basically walk. Yeah. And we know that being a small market team, you're you're not one that can let all of those players walk. You you can't just let Woodruff all of a sudden walk to free agency and not be able to sign him. You have to trade him away. And if you look at it that way and say, we need to get something for these players, you know that 2024 isn't the year that ends your window. You got to do it a year before if you want to get something for him. Yeah. So that leaves us at 2023. And now we're in 2022 with a team that was expected to win 90 games this year, win the central. And yeah, have they had some bad luck? Sure. They've had guys not necessarily play up to the back of their baseball cards. Have they had injuries? Yeah. We talked about how four of their top six pitchers have been down, but I can't get past the fact that when you look at the timeline that they're on, the window that they have being a guy that's followed so closely saying, stick with this guy. Or how about even go back one further? Remember when all the fans were clamoring (laughs) for Josh Hader become a starting pitcher? And I was like one of the only people on these airwaves. I was like, you'd be stupid I would say to move him out of a, a the, relief role. The only guy you never stuck with was Ryan Braun. And that was because he threw you in the trash. He threw the, <laughs> remember when everyone was saying. I remember. I mean, my member berries, Rowdy. Yes, I remember. Josh Hader, need to make him a starter. And I literally said in, in 2017 summer, you just watch. Brandon Woodruff's going to be a way better starter than Josh Hader ever would be. I remember. He's probably going to be a two in their rotation sometime. I might have been low on Woodruff. He's probably a one. Yeah. I remember all But of no this. one ever mentioned any of that. I follow this all the time to a T from the minor leagues, everything from basically 17 when I started working here. Like, don't get me wrong, Ebo. I was following it before them. Oh, yeah. But where you actually have a voice to say, 
Hey, this is what they're doing. Hey, chill out. This is, this is guys going to progress. And you've seen it all the way through and you've sat there and stuck up for guys that ended up being good or that you've seen flashes from. And what did the organization do to you? But you see now that all of a sudden when they're in first place by three to four games, they're approaching the trade deadline. They trade away their all-star closer. They don't go out and acquire a bat. They didn't do anything but essentially sell and punt on a season in which you're coming up to the end of this window and running out of time until you're going to have to go back, rebuild, and be a crappy team again. But you actually never, ever went all in. Never. How am I supposed to root for that? How am I supposed to get up to go watch a game? You, You literally didn't see it through. You always kind of just dangled the carrot in front of the fan base. You kept dangling, dangling, dangling. To be completely honest, it annoys the crap out of me. When I finally, for since 2019, have been called, this is just an example, have been calling for guys like Keston Hira to get full time, full playing time, to get full at bats, to finally see this through and to give them a shot at producing. And. Since 2019, the organization hasn't given him the real true opportunity of a full season to do that. But yet they continue to throw out guys like Christian Yelich that struggle at catching shallow pop-ups and then throwing it in. (laughs) They continue to go with a guy that it it doesn't make any sense. But the thing that angers me the most is then, then you have, you know, these pundits these we'll say statewide pundits or beat writers that finally start pointing out that Keston here should maybe getting it at bats every day been pointing that out for or, years, Rubs. or maybe there is something about his reverse splits. I've been screaming about this for multiple years and now people start to glob on that. It's been correct. I've been here for years. And it's just annoying that you now saw them come towards the end of this window and they literally spit in your face. And then when counsel asked questions about it, he literally still won't talk about playing or giving Keston here a full playing time or that they're looking into things. Your team sucks. You're, what are you looking into? Your center field sucks. Christian Yelich sucks. What more is there to look into? <laughs> Rody, what more do you want? Maybe I'm jaded and has just come to the realization of a Brewers fan that they're never going to win a World Series. And this does it bothersome and troublesome? Yes, I. This was eventually and inevitably going to happen, anyways, for the Milwaukee Brewers. There's nothing more to look into. It's the end of this window. You didn't go all in. You well, punted windows. before going all in. This is why I have things. You know what? I throw my hat in the ring to be the next GM Ebo. And you know what my top <laughs> well, five Braves things would do? You're a Braves fan now. Yeah, one. What's your top five? Yeah, one. Top five. If I was to become the Brewers GM tomorrow, I move Christian Yelich any way possible. And if I can't come up with a trade partner, I literally consider just for my own pride and so I don't DFA have to watch him? it. I, how bad do you have to be before someone says, I can't even watch this anymore and just straight up cut them. I know that's insane, but man, at what point, how bad do you have to watch someone play before you go? I can't even watch this anymore. I can't even deal with this. Eat, eat the I, money. I, I, I don't have. Sorry, Mark. You just got a stake in some Northwich or whatever the hell soccer Norwich team Norwich City FC. You're going to make plenty of money. Just can we eat this so I don't have to watch the way, this pitiful stuff? RIP to the hopes and dreams of Norwich City fans. Mark Adonazio is now uh, your football director. Move on from him any way possible. Number two, buy out Colton Wong because he has looked disinterested like the rest of the team this entire year. You have a guy that's a gold glove winner and he can't even field, consistently field ground balls and make plays that he makes in his sleep, I'd pay him the rest of his salary right now for this season and the $2 million buyout on his freaking desk, in his <laughs> locker room, in his locker right now to tell him to go away, you tell him, Bye. and I don't need well, you for the rest of the year. Bye. Number three, I would just... We don't need to prolong the inevitable. Trade David Sturts to the Mets. Get something back for Can him. Can you trade just yourself? Like he's a, just like he's a player. Can you trade yourself? Matt Arnold's going to write off on It's it. inevitable that he goes to the Mets. So yeah. might as well get some for him right now. Get the, something by the way, for him. He can get out of his contract a year early if the Brewers make the World Series. Brewers aren't even making the playoffs. Number four. 
Fire or trade Craig Council. <laughs> the angry rooster? Seriously. The Brewers legend? If you can't, I'm sure you could trade him. It's just like the GM. It's just like the John Gruden trade. I'm sure with how they talk about Craig Council, I'm sure a lot of teams would love to have him. <laughs> and how long are you going to let this experiment go with these Brewers rosters being good right, with Craig Council being there until you, you say, mean? we can't win with this team. We can't win with this manager. We need to start something new. We're in new. the golden age of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. You're in the golden Craig. age of losing. That's what we've been told. We're in the golden Fire age. Fire or trade Craig Council. And number five? This is the only positive thing. Pick up Brad Boxberger's $3 million <laughs> option. <laughs> so you go, there you go. Got to end on a positive. Boxberger, you're sticking around. For $3 million bucks. That's a hell of a deal for next year. But uh, I'm serious, though. I know you are. I'm getting tired of we need to figure something out. You need to change something. Stearns is going to walk. Might as well trade him. Got you got a decent amount of uh, your top eight or nine guys in the farm system are decent. Maybe add a few more to that. Get ri- right. I, don't, I want someone that's got some balls, not someone that just sits there and takes order from Ananasio. Someone that tells you want, you Ananasio, want, go sit in the effing corner and be an owner and shut up. You don't have anything to do with this. You want roster. someone with some balls, huh? You want Caitlyn Jenner to come in and be GM? Now, Rouds, let me ask you. This next two vacation days, you come how up long, how tonight long, tomorrow. How long are we going to let Craig Council be the manager? Does he get Us? a lifetime pass? He's only 52. Heard about that all the yeah, time. Yeah, it was his yesterday. birthday. It was his birthday yesterday. He got a win on his birthday. What? Do we have to watch him manage the Brewers for 20 more years? How many World Series well, are going to be the golden age then. 20 years, the golden age of Brewers baseball. If we're going to do it, let's freaking do it. You want to get nuts? Well, well, let's get, get nuts. nuts. I don't want anyone. I don't. You already got. You traded away. Hater. Yelich is locked up, and my God, has he locked the team up, handcuffed them. There's only one player on this roster that I would extend. Corbin His Burns. name is Corbin Burns. Everyone else can get lost. Well, Brad Boxberger, though, we can pick up the option. Well, yeah, that's yeah. the one-year option. But what I'm saying is when their contracts come to an end, you're not looking to re-sign them. All right. Why not completely strip it down? Rowdy, are you going to be scribbling in your manifesto these next two vacation days tomorrow and Wednesday? No, I what is that I'm manifesto doing, just going to get bigger and bigger? I have these next two days off. I will not be tuning in. Like I said, I would bet on the Dodgers tonight. Not an official pick, but I would bet on the Dodgers. Also, when I come back, so I told you this is the last we full week break. of baseball picks. Yeah. But what I'm getting at is we're going as a friend group. Fuller lost a bet to me. I will not be spending money at Miller American Family Field. Fuller will be buying my drinks. Does he know that? Well, he lost the bet, so this oh, is actually okay. an easy oh, out for him. There you go. All right, did it get off the chest? Kind of. <laughs> Final segment. <laughs>